Run Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number three this week of five. Downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to Locked On Eagles. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're available on Apple, on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, you name it. Five days a week, all year round. We're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. And now, as we've been saying all week, we are officially available on YouTube. All our shows, Monday through Friday, we now are in video version. So we have that format for you available as well all throughout the 2021 season and beyond. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page to get daily videos right here on LOE. Gino, what's up, man? The Eagles are playing in just one more day and you know it's kind of funny I was thinking about like man the preseason we're in week two we got a couple more weeks to evaluate the roster but you got to remember it's a 17 game regular season this year so you've got probably this is the maybe the tune-up game for the starters against the New England Patriots and then that third game is maybe treated like your typical preseason week four against the New York Jets so it's kind of a different week two of the preseason than normal. Yeah, I was just going to say that this most likely is going to be the most we probably see the starters. I would right. see Jalen maybe getting a quarter and a half, maybe mm-hmm. even a full half for yeah. that matter, because you're right, Lou. They don't have four preseason games, and especially for this team where you have so many question marks to yeah. win these camp battles, you have to get as many guys out there, and there are starting jobs on the line for this team. So you really have to see what these guys can do. And then I, I believe that week four or week three, rather, it's I'm so used to saying it against yeah, the Jets. It's, right. You set your watch to it. But week three this time, they'll be taking on the Jets, and then they have a couple days before cutdowns, and then the 12th, they go after it, and the season opens up. So they need to figure out things quickly, and I think the the cream is starting to rise to the uh, to the top a little bit, and you, you're starting to see those guys separate themselves. Still some good battles to be had, and some guys that I'm excited to get my eyes on tomorrow, and take on you know i i had to w- wear this oh yeah just just a reminder just forty-one thirty-three <laughs> that happened on a cold right. february day in minnesota but tomorrow will be a little bit different i'm excited to see the guys like nelson aguilar and jalen mills come back tomorrow in all honesty it'll kind of be a little bit ironic that they're playing for the patriots now knowing that they were super bowl champs with philadelphia guys that help I find us get that the ring, get, there we go guys that help us it. get the ring stun on them <laughs> real quick stun on we got to stun on them even though it's kind of been a disaster since that point we'll have that forever man we'll have that forever yeah, you can't take away championships unless it's the ncaa but now we're working to get <laughs> now we're working to get closer to building a a championship caliber team here within the next couple seasons. And this is where you figure it out. And I believe that the two days of joint practices, Lou, are really something that you could take away a lot from. I mean, this is where you really figure out who are the guys that are going to battle and camp and win one-on-one matchups. And I know there's a lot of proponents of 
joint practices being superior to preseason games for a lot of evaluators around media, the NFL. Some of those guys just love seeing what they do in those one-on-one matchups, especially O-line versus D-line, corners versus wide receivers, seeing what the quarterbacks can do. They finally got to 11-on-11 as well, Lou. I mean, they weren't even doing that in camp. So you really start to open up your eyes to see what the full picture of this team could be. Because wouldn't you agree – wouldn't you agree in joint practices? You always want to practice for in-game environments, right? Like just mm-hmm. the typical actual game action. The speed is there's nothing like it. It is completely different between mm-hmm. practice. It's why I think Jalen Hurts is a lot better in the games than in practice. But like you're saying, I feel like in joint practices you can kind of create certain, you know, different situations that you can't always mm-hmm. recreate, replicate in the game because the game, whatever happens is what happens. But in practice, you can be like, all right, let's work on this, let's work on this. And I think it helps players grow. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea of going against different individuals too, because when you're going against the same guys, I mean, I think back to my days, completely different context of playing lacrosse in high school. You Mm -hmm. go against those kids for a month and a half before you even go to a scrimmage. You know what hand the kid is going to go to. You know how many steps he's going to take before he drives. That's what it is in camp. Like you can be Darius Slay being a lockdown corner and he's so smart. So he'll pick up on little things like that. But now when you're going against fresh competition, those little, I would say intricacies of your position now can come out to the fullest extent because you're going against competition where you might use that move over and over on Darius Slay and he locks you down. But now you get open in camp against a guy like JC Jackson, or you win in your pass rush move for a guy like Josh Sweat or any of those interior defensive linemen. And tomorrow is going to be a big showing of what these guys really can do on Sundays, because this might be the last time you really get to see any of the starters for nearly a month here, Lou. So this is a big matchup coming up tomorrow. But after these two days of practice, I'm very, very pleased with where this team is. And I, I believe a lot of people in that building are as well. In segments two and three, Gino and I are going to get into specific players on offense and defense. We think you should keep an eye on against the Patriots tomorrow, second preseason game at 730. Gino and I will do a recap show right after. So again, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and all our podcast platforms that we are available on. Again, all of them, wherever you listen, we are available. Gino, before we get into that, before we take a break, let's do a quick injury update because one guy we can't keep watching, which is really disappointing because he would have been one of the guys on our list of Mm -hmm. players to continue to keep your eye on as he develops this upside and turns into maybe your next Jordan Maialata or Josh Sweat. It's tight end Tyree Jackson. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. yesterday after a pretty impressive touchdown catch, he landed on his back, and I think it was a fractured bone that is now – keeping him sidelined for eight to 10 weeks. It's not going to require surgery. So unfortunately though, Gino, that'll end his summer. And now it kind of puts you in an interesting spot at the tight end position because it's like, okay, eight to 10 weeks, you could feasibly, you could argue that he should still make the 53 man roster, but at the same time, I guess it maybe depends on what you think you're going to do with Zach Ertz still. Like if you think you're going to keep Zach Ertz, then maybe you stash away Tyree Jackson. You redshirt him like you kind of did with Maialata. His rookie year, keep Richard Rodgers is now your third tight end, kind of the best of both worlds. But if you think maybe you're going to trade Ertz still before the season starts or early on during the season before the deadline, you might still want to keep Tyree on the 53-man roster. So it's kind of an interesting situation now with the injury to see what will happen. But it is just – it's so disappointing because I just – I was loving watching his progress for sure. He was having a great camp and then a great start to the preseason last week against Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, I, I kind of believe that he would be one of those like unspoken rule type of guys where they will yeah. put them through waivers and nobody will claim them because they know he's injured, and that's just kind of what they do in the NFL. And I believe he'll be that. We always call it the camp stash, the guy that they just yeah. – Sometimes it's not a real injury that we've heard of those phantom injuries mm-hmm. for a lot of guys. I think that was the Jordan Mayawada injury, but <laughs> absolutely, yeah. All of a sudden he's injured and then right. he's not playing anymore. But that's a smart way to go about it. And you're right, yeah. Lou. But now it opens up the opportunity. I mean, you're looking at guys like Stoll now. Is he a guy that you could potentially use as your third tight end if you were to trade Zach Ertz, right. or do you go light at that position? And you just keep Ertz and Goddard for another year, you know, and Richard Rodgers just as a vet who is a casualty. I don't know how they're going to go about it, but they have optionality now, especially with this injury, too. It just opens up opportunity. And that's really as bad as it is to save. You can't celebrate injuries, but now you can celebrate seeing somebody else get those reps. And hopefully he Tyree can come back because he was on a good developmental track. And I really believe that that type of specimen he is in his athletic frame, in his build, how big his wingspan is, his frame to catch the ball, his whole, I mean, 360 clock. He, he can mm-hmm. catch outside the frame, below his legs, above his head. That's really somebody you don't find often in the league. And, I want him here in Philadelphia. Horns up, baby. I want him back. That's right. We're both Buffalo natives, so we've been following Tyree Jackson for a very long time. And, yeah, this this injury is um, unfortunate, but at the same time, it does kind of create some flexibility for the Eagles at the tight end position. All right, guys, we got to take a break right here on Lockdown Eagles. Coming up next, who are some players to watch on the offensive side of the football? You should be keeping a close eye on against the New England Patriots tomorrow night at 7.30. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your NFL action this season, NBA, NHL, MMA, you name it. It's all available. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the Vince Lombardi Trophy starting in just under four weeks. The Eagles play the Atlanta Falcons September 12th, and it's August 18th, so it is coming up fast. Get all your player props, your futures, individuals, everything you need at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go throw some money down on Jalen Hurts to win MVP, Devontae Smith to win Rookie of the Year. Maybe Carson Wentz to win Comeback Player of the Year because that means the Eagles get a first-round pick in 2022. You can get it all at BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Wednesday edition of Locked On Eagles. Gino, the Eagles taking on the New England Patriots tomorrow night at 7.30 for week two of three games during the 2021 preseason. And we're going to start off talking about some players to watch, I think, on the offensive side of the football. And I feel like, dude, the first guy we got to talk about together is wide receiver Jalen Rager. Just based on the continued momentum that's building with this kid since that one awful practice a couple weeks ago, Nick Sirianni really lighting a fire under him. And since then, he's been going off. I mean, that I talked about it yesterday, that one-handed catch. I think every Eagles fan has watched it probably like 40 times. And so now to see him continue to develop, I don't know, man. Patience, patience is a virtue, and sometimes we take it for granted in Philadelphia, and we don't give these guys time, especially when such a good class like the 2020 class 
started off so quickly, right? Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chanel. Like it just, the list goes on and on. That class was 10, 15 deep of quality prospects. So that kind of even heightened the expectations even more. But some receivers take longer, and maybe Jalen Rager is just a guy that's going to blossom in year two or three. And I hope to continue to see that development tomorrow night. He has been, I mean, Quez Watkins is getting all the hype, and Devontae Smith will too now that he's on the field. But Rager has been exciting the past couple weeks. It's really fun to see this growth. How often do I preach that? That you just have to relax with some of these guys. Not everybody is, man. (laughs) It it, it is tough, but the reality is that this is how evaluation works. They're not going to be fully evaluated until they're three years through the NFL. That's just how it goes. If you look at pro personnel departments, that's how they evaluate. And Jalen Rager, he's coming off that injury. We have a handful of games that we can even look at to see how he was injured. I mean, he wasn't even fully healthy in those games he was playing last year. Mm-hmm. Lou. And now you're looking at it. Yeah, one-on-ones, you have to win them in camp. They are more designed for the offense to win. But how he is doing it in his improved route running, in his improved release, his ability to go up and catch the ball and make these unbelievable catches outside of his frame for a guy who's five foot eleven. That's what they saw on tape at TCU that really made them perk their eyebrows up and say, if we could develop the route running portion of his game, right? that wide receiver, I'm going to get the ball mentality has always been there for Jalen. His competitive toughness is through the roof. And you have seen him. He looks leaner this year. He looks more muscular. He looks just, he has that look in his face. Like you saw him after he caught that touchdown. Like you, he looks like a man who is ready to go out there and play in the NFL. And he's got those receipts on Justin Jefferson, man. I guarantee him not saying that he's going to be to that level, but there's a reason they picked him over guys like Denzel Mims and guys like Brandon Ayuk. They saw that potential in him and how he was used last year was just a fraction of what he could be. His downfield ability, we know that. But just get the ball into his hands. I always make that joke about how you put Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins into a trip set, and you have arguably the greatest just pitch and catch offense of all time. Just Jalen Hurts has to take one step, get the ball out into their hands. One of those guys is going to make them miss, and I'm really excited to see what Jalen Rager could do, not just on offense, Lou, but if he could up his punt return game as well, and he already had a nice one last year where he showed off that 4-3 speed that he really shows on tape at times. Right. I'm excited to see this kid, man. I really think they have a very good young trio. They have complementary pieces behind them as well. And these three individuals, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, they all have upside to be very good receivers in this league. Not saying they're going to dominate all, get 1,000 yards this year, but they're going to make big plays. Quez Watkins has already done it this offseason. Devontae Smith, we haven't even seen what he can do, but if he's anything – compared to what he was at Alabama, we know he's going to go off. Oh, yeah. Year. I think it's an inevitability. I, I think, think it's so like too. Thanos, Lou. It's an I, inevitability that he's going to go off. Yeah, I think that trio is going to be so exciting this year to watch. And, you know, Gino, I feel like when Philly fans start to pile up on players, it's kind of sink or swim at that point. Some mm-hmm. use it as fuel and some use it to bounce back. And some just let it consume them. And they just, again, in Philly, it's a tough environment and it's not for everybody. That doesn't mean you're a soft player because you don't like that kind of situation. Some players just aren't built for that kind of style. 
um, and they just they falter. They can't bounce back once they get in that kind of slump. And I felt like when you look at like in basketball, you mentioned Markel Fultz. Uh, couple days ago that was one of them like he was just never going to come back from that mm-hmm. I feel like Carson Wentz I think it certainly got to him as well I don't think he was sure. really in that mindset he loved that kind of environment and then like Nelson Aguilar could never find consistency and I feel like again it, it piled up with Nelson Aguilar as well where he, when he goes into another environment that's you know more low-key I think that helps guys like that more so you it really depends on if you can thrive in this highly competitive demanding market and Jalen Rager last year. I mean, he went off Twitter on and off Twitter like four or five times Mm -hmm. because he kept getting into it with fans, but it's good to see that in year two, that didn't break him. And it seems like he is more motivated than ever, because again, it's very sink or swim. You know, this is like the time to figure out what you're going to be because again, it's just, it's tough to do that in Philly. Sometimes when you start off slow, especially in comparison to your draft class, when guys behind you are thriving. Yeah, I think motivation without guidance can be a very dangerous thing. And he, he was a motivated player, but I really don't think he had like somebody to take and put their arm around him. And Nick Sirianni, perfect for him. Yeah, he, re- he really is, Lou. I mean, yeah. you talk about a young core who really doesn't have a veteran presence there. Like you go to the cornerback room, right? Like you have Darius Slay, Steven mm-hmm. Nelson. You go to the wide receiver room. Who's your veteran? Greg Ward. I mean, kind of feels like it's Nick Sirianni, right? Yeah, at this point, kind of he really is that role leading the charge. Because, yeah, him yeah. and Aaron Moorhead seem to be that two-headed dragon that really is molding these two guys, this young group, and getting on them and holding them accountable because they know that they have that fire in them to be great. If you don't look at Jalen Rager and think that he wants to be a great player in this league, as well as Devontae Smith, who is going to be the bar for these guys, you're going to go to practice every day and say, I have to be as, try to be as good as that guy every day. And if I'm not, I'm going to be held accountable by my quarterback, by my head coach, by Devontae Smith himself. So I have to be as good as I can be. And it seems to be working for this young group. And we knew Quez Watkins always had that dog in him and that it just was a matter of time before he's no longer a secret as uh, Jalen Hurts would say, and the cat's out of the bag. But Jalen Rager, he kind of had to be reeled in a little bit when it came to the off-field stuff, and some guys need that. And now it really is that he's back on that path, that trajectory we thought he would be on. Fully healthy. I feel like he's in a good mind state after everything that happened to him this summer when it came to the off-field stuff with his best friend and Mm -hmm. just when it came to the mental health issues. We all have things that we have to overcome and we have to understand that. And when you do and you put yourself in a good environment like he is now, you see what the rewards you can reap from that, man. I really believe that this young team has a lot of those type of guys that are just waiting to flick that switch. And when they do, it really is going to be a a nice fun fire to see set, you know? Yeah. I can't wait to watch him tomorrow against new England. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gino, is there any other offensive players that you're specifically keeping an eye on tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm honestly excited to see the combination of Jason Huntley and Jordan Howard because mm. now with Carrion Johnson out of the equation, Lou, there really he, by is. By the way, was uh, just an update. Carrion did clear through waivers, stashed on IR, but he will be bingo. not on the roster. Okay, bingo. But you look at it now, there really is an opportunity to kind of keep five guys in a way if if Huntley continues that trajectory and if Jordan Howard I want to see how he can run the ball tomorrow that's what I'm most excited for we saw what he could do in pass pro but if he still has a little bit of juice in his legs that's something that we can 
take into this season. And if not, you're not going to keep that type of player on the team because that's not who this Eagles team is anymore. But I believe that Philly is a very good environment for him. You know how Ted Ginn was only good when he played for New Orleans? Yeah. Like, I feel like Jordan Howard could be that guy. He might only be good when he plays in Philadelphia. And Jason Huntley behind him, I'm excited to see the special teams once again tomorrow. I thought they were very electric. And when they had the ball in their hands, uh, all the returners really did some positive things. And you look at it, I would say that Elijah Holyfield really is the only guy that is worthy of a cut at this moment. The other guys really have proved themselves, and we know what Miles and Boston and and uh, Kenny Gainwell can do, of course. But what can these other two guys do? I wouldn't give that many snaps to to Miles, even if he were to play tomorrow, because we yeah. know what he's going to do on the ground. Same with Boston; we know what he's going to do in the pass game. Maybe give Kenny uh, the start. I would I would start Kenny Gainwell. In all honesty, he's but. the other guy I wrote down. I'm glad you mentioned Kenny Gainwell because I think. For the preseason, you want to watch Howard and Huntley more because they might be battling for that fourth and exactly. final spot. Or, you know, you want to see how those two round up the depth chart, how they look, because Carrion Johnson was going to, I thought, was going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So now you're watching Howard and Huntley closer. The only reason I'm just, I know, again, we know that Gainwell is a lock, and we know that honestly, he might have the second biggest role on this backfield. I think ahead of Boston Scott, but I just, he fascinates me. I love watching the way they deployed him last week against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Like sometimes he was in the backfield. Sometimes they used him in the slot and I just, I want to see more of Gainwell. I want to see how they use him more, the creativity in this offense. Like what you talked about with Jalen Rager, Gainwell is another one of those gadget type of like, all right, we can do so many different things with him. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they do put to use like put to practice now this theory of Kenny don't Gainwell. give away too many of the plans i know man, yeah you, gotta be guy you want to keep under wraps you like, could see you don't the flashes see. though exactly like, last week and you know it was like the receiving ability you could clearly see the same things mm-hmm. carried over from memphis but you know i even saw some power that like you know when Danell pumphrey was oh, drafted yeah, you could tell run man oh my gosh that was the thing like Danell pumphrey the minute he got into the league you could tell mm-hmm. this guy's too small he just like right. also, like there's some small guys you know they're built for it and like Denel Pumphrey, you knew the, the minute he was out there, like this just isn't going to work. Gainwell, you saw him lower the shoulder and he was driving guys right. back. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's the type of running element. back that Memphis has. I mean, you look at Darrell Henderson, even sure. Tony Pollard, Tony who Pollard, was smaller. Yeah. He still laid the boom, man. He was a physical runner as well. And Antonio Gibson, my favorite of the bunch. I, I see a lot of all of those three players in a guy like Kenny Gainwell. Like I see the power that Antonio Gibson has on the ground. I see that little bit of burst that Darrell Henderson has that we loved. And I see that receiving an open field ability in Tony Pollard that he we, we see there in Dallas. And he's a guy, Lou, that I really just want to keep that secret weapon under locks. Like yep. that's how I felt any retreated Tyreek Hill before people really knew who he mm. was, you know? Like he yeah. didn't give all the secrets. Yeah. He just gave you a little bit of he gave you a little one of those uh tasting spoons when you go and get <laughs> ice cream, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the a little, little bit of ones. one little lick of the flavor, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I believe <laughs> Lou, I I'm just so excited to see how this offense improves. And even if they don't win as many games, I know we're going to be going back and watching these games over and not being miserable doing it. Right. Like there will be games when they have up and downs, but there's going to be so many times when these guys are just beating guys clean off their routes that Kenny Gainwell puts a guy on skates in an option route out of the backfield. Like we saw from Darren Sproles for so many years. Miles Sanders is due to break a 75-yard run every single season. H- how do you game plan for that many different type of players? That's what – being a defensive coordinator, 
I don't ever want to do it. If I'm going into the game, I'm being a special teams coordinator because that's just pretty vanilla. Being a defensive coordinator with guys like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in the ranks, like how, how do you defend against that? And when they have all the right players, I mean, look at like Kyle Shanahan, for example, man. Like they make NFL players lose their job because they have to defend unbelievable offenses like that. And that's just where I believe Jeffrey Lurie wants this team to be in not this year, of course, but in a few years when they keep building to that mold. Absolutely. Gino, I think there's a lot of upside with this offense. And I think on the defensive side of the football too, last week, they flashed some things that was really, really exciting. We're going to get into coming up next right here on lockdown Eagles in our final segment of this Wednesday edition of the show, some defensive players to watch. So keep it locked right here on LOE guys. Today's show is sponsored by the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's basically a candy bar in protein bar form. It's built bar covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft. It's easy to chew. It's the healthy alternative with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. And best of all, there's a delicious flavor for everybody. Nine of them, coconut, coconut almond. You've got cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Again, something for every taste bud. And you can get 15% off today on your first order at BuiltBar.com when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And again, you're going to get 15% off your first order. Trust me, you're going to want to try Built Bar LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Wednesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. All right, Gino, we talked about some offensive players to watch tomorrow against the Patriots. We did uh, wide receiver Jalen Rager, then a lot of running backs, Jordan Howard, Jason Huntley, um, Kenny Gainwell as well. Now we're going to get into the defensive side of the football and some players to watch and one guy I think we might agree on that you really liked after the Eagles drafted him, you were talking him up a lot. And I saw some flashes last week that I'm like, whoa, okay. Like this is a player that he's bendy, he's long, he was explosive off the line. Taryn Johnson was really intriguing off the edge. And I Jackson. think you were obviously very excited to uh, Jackson. You met you Jackson, mixed Patrick Johnson. I'm, it, it, I'm mixing easy. the late no, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to do. I <laughs> I'm probably going to do Ron that all Jackson. season. Yeah, I, yes, probably sir. in fairness, if they both make the roster, I'm going to be doing that all year. <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> but yeah, man, no. I, I I like to say that defensive line and safety are the two positions I really like can evaluate to a, pr- a pretty good extent. And Teron Jackson, just to me, every time you watched him on tape, it's like, how is this guy not going to make plays in the NFL? You know, even if he's not getting after the quarterback, he's going to take up space and he's going to defend the run well. And if he can continue to build that pass rush repertoire, which that inside spin, Derek Barnett took two seasons to figure out how to do that. That's not an easy move to learn because there's mm-hmm. so much body control. Like, just go in your backyard and try to do that move it against It was just air. so smooth. Like, Barnett's is still kind of clunky. Some guys just mm-hmm. can get in and out of it really quick, and that's a special trait to have. Yeah, I think it was uh, like DeMarcus Ware was really good at that yep. inside spin yep. move, and you just have to have unbelievable body control. You have to have very good flexibility in your knees and your hips, and Teron Jackson, he's just, I mean, they're just drafting like freak of nature specimens. I mean, even Zach McPherson at cornerback, dude, his his arms are so long. Like, that's yeah. what you want to have. You want to have guys that physically impose their will against the guy on the other side. Chip Kelly, 
Big people beat up little people. Teron Jackson is a big person. He is going to beat up guys that at the tackle position right now, if he goes against a guy that's not that athletic, he's going to beat him with athleticism. Oh, if he's going against a guy who can't anchor against power, he's going to get you with power. He could defend the run, and in reality, he is a very, very good depth piece to have on this team. And if he could continue to develop, and I mean, he's just a few snaps into his NFL career, Lou, and having a good pass rush repertoire, being that hybrid defensive end slash three tech style of player will take you far in this league because if you can win against both tackles and guards, you're going to be a very good player in the NFL. And defending the run as well on the defensive line, that always brings home the bacon and cashes the paychecks. Who's another defensive player for you? I feel like there's, I don't know. I mean, the starters were really impressive last week, but I thought, I don't know if they was. They they did miss one individual on the defensive starting lineup, if you know who it is, Lou. That's right. Why don't you talk about him? Kavon Wallace, baby. That's the same guy. I'm glad you talked about him because I he was my Calling first guy Cam I Calling Cam Captain Checkdown. I love that. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Unbelievable church. He's a I fun mean, personality. I think he is what we've been. love him. Yes, he is that guy. Clemson defensive backs. Just take them, yes. Philadelphia. Yeah. Brian Dawkins. These guys just have that instinct in them. Kavon Wallace is a dog. Like, through and through. Played that box style of safety role at Clemson where he's going against tight ends. He's going against bigger style running backs, Mm -hmm. defending the run. You hear what he was saying? Mike K reported (laughs) what he was saying to Cam Newton and camp. And he's a guy that we missed last week, but they had a very big role planned for him coming into the season. He gets that injury, which he came back from relatively, excuse me, relatively quickly. And now he's going to arguably be the second best safety that they have until Rodney McLeod comes back and a guy who should take a leap at that position where safety, you're only going to get smarter the more action you see on the field, the more times you line up and go out there. And his ability to come down and hit Lou, he is a guy that flies downhill, can fly in the alley, Mm -hmm. and just brings that hard-hitting mentality that really – you need to have guys that bring that juice. I think you have Darius Slay on the back end who definitely has that swagger to him. I yep. think on the inside, you're looking at guys like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox that have that swagger to him. It was well. the one thing Jalen Mills had, I guess, that Absolutely. was pretty crucial to the But Kevon Wallace is actually a pretty good football right, player. Right, he can actually so. guard in space, it looks like. <laughs> yes, so definitely. that's the benefit. I Yeah, I'm so excited about Wallace, and like you said, um, he's going to be their second best safety until Rodney McLeod comes back. And I think right now he might be the only long-term defensive back piece that yep. you have on the roster, at least that you mm-hmm. really believe in. So there's a lot riding on Kevon Wallace's development. And we both loved him coming out of Clemson. We thought this versatile piece, I mean, that's why Malcolm Jenkins was so valuable for the Eagles from 2014 to 2020. And with Jenkins gone with Jalen Mills kind of playing mm-hmm. that role last year, he is now in new England who they're going to play tomorrow night it'd be really nice to have Wallace turn into that next Swiss army knife, because like you said, he can come downhill, he can Mm -hmm. play deep, but also pro football focus had him ranked from 2017 to 2019 as the highest graded uh, slot defensive back in coverage. So that's a versatile piece that hopefully Mm -hmm. that translates to the NFL because he's already got the swagger, like you said, and the personality to carry that torch in the defensive backfield. And he's going to be a very big I would say he's going to get a big boost from Jonathan Gannon's scheme because he really was. If you look at what Clemson does, they play a lot of quarter 
style of matchups because they have six, seven defensive backs on the field at all time. And they just win those matchups where they take away space. He knows how to take away space very well. He's a smart player and he's going to line up on some of the guys in this division like Dalton Schultz at the tight end position, Evan Ingram there in New York as well, and Logan Thomas, who we both think very highly of in Washington, he's going to take on a big role here, man, and they're going to do it with the mix of him and Anthony Harris and Ronnie McLeod, and they're all all going to have to be able to cover because that's what the modern game is. And that's why I'm also excited to see the guys that will be in front of Kavon Wallace and those safeties in being Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson, because those two, mm. Lou, yeah. they have been killing it the last two days in practice. Every time I'm reading a clip, it's Alex Singleton pass breakup. Ball is in Alex Singleton's hands from a nice diving interception. Eric Wilson pick in the end zone. Lou, if we have even a smidgen more improvement at that linebacker position, we're all winners. I and think the I Wilson really think they have it. Yeah, I think the Wilson signing is going to be looked at very similar to the Nigel Bradham signing in 2016, where it's this very like good comparison, Lou. low very end, good. like really good value signing, and he becomes a core piece. I think he's mm-hmm. going to get an extension. I don't know. I said yesterday, I feel like he's that mid-season extension where you're like, okay, he's 26, he's thriving. Let's keep him a part of this core long term. So those are, yeah, I think at the second and third level, man, there's some exciting mm-hmm. pieces to watch tomorrow night for sure. Yeah, hopefully they can do what Baltimore did with LJ Fort, which Philadelphia yes. should have done with LJ Fort. See through the sign. See through, this and then you sign him to an extension a yes. few games in when you know that he is a valuable right. piece, which I think he very much is, Lou. And I agree. Tomorrow should be a fun game. You're going up against a team that you know Bill Belichick is going to have his team in form for four quarters because he's not a guy that takes any dogging on the field, they're going to have to go out there and really set the tone tomorrow against a good team, and guys are going to win their job, and guys are going to lose their job based on what they do tomorrow. So tune in because this might be the last time you see some of these guys in Philadelphia and That's right. value those minutes, and I'm excited to see another game, Lou. We're getting closer, Let's closer go. to the regular season. We're so close. Less than a month away. Less than a month away. Kickoff tomorrow is at 7.30. Gino and I will have a post-game show for you right after. Right after excuse me. So again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any platform and subscribe now on YouTube. All our podcasts Monday through Friday now posted in video form on YouTube and then on Twitter. Follow us at Lockdown Birds, at LOE and at GC24 underscore football. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go Birds. Fly Eagles fly.